Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Hussein and Oli to discuss unlocking the secrets to mentoring and developing diverse talent in a dynamic organization. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. Ole, over to you first. Yeah, I have 40 years of experience working in the IT world. I've been in many places. I've worked as a specialist, I've worked as a manager, and I have worked as a freelance. The first 20 years were more related to software. It was mainly software for network management. In, uh, teleco- uh, in data communication for the uh, Delta Airlines, American Airlines. Later, it was uh, network management for telecommunication, and it was mainly for Telenor in Norway. And during this period, I worked for many different companies because they were sold, and then there was named Telefs and TSC Communication and NKT and Alcatel and Christian Rolfing and so on. And after that, I've worked uh, since uh, 2003, more or less, uh, in data warehousing. And uh, it was another discipline. So uh, uh, it has been mainly in the financial sector. So and um, so uh, it's more or less my background. And of course, uh, exactly just uh, Working as a freelance, you have another opportunity to, to see what's going on because you are not fit into a role and you don't know how long you are going to stay. It could be many years as it has been, but you can observe. And because you don't have the chance of observing when you are part of an organization, but when you are coming in as a freelance, you can see what they are doing good, what they are doing wrong, what they should do better, and so on. And the main reason for, for being here today is uh, I started a book about organization, how to build an effective uh, organization and taking care of the people, which in fact is uh, the most important in it and not just the bottom line of a company. So it's, it's more or less me. Thank you for that introduction, Oli. And uh, looking forward to, to seeing how the book progresses and, and hopefully getting a copy in the future. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed. <laughs> Thank you. Hussain, over to yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Hussain, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here with Ole and uh, Sam. Uh, I started my journey in IT as a software engineer 15 years ago after I finished my bachelor degree in uh, software engineering. And then very fast, I figured like I don't like programming. So I changed my field to infrastructure and network. And uh, and I started my, my career in as network engineer and in different organizations. Uh, it would jump from one to another. And uh, because I was also an instructor for for three years, I would like teach uh, to to the students who wanted to know about different like certifications in uh, IT, I would uh, I would teach them, and I did it for three years, and that was where I found like I'm really interested to work with people, especially in IT, and teaching them, finding out their struggles, and uh, and coming up with solutions for them. Uh, so after that, I, I started my my position as a as a manager uh, to a development team. 
And five years ago, I moved to Denmark, uh, where I found my new job, and I'm I'm a head of development now in uh, DTU uh, uh, and a sub company that is called Computer Room. That we have a supercomputer for uh, researchers and industry that uh, we allow them to do healthcare research on our supercomputer. And here I have a team for myself, and we work together to come up with new features and products uh, for our customers. Yes. Incredible stuff. And Hussain, really glad to have you on the podcast today. Just to set some context for the listeners, uh, we were supposed to have a third member, Abdul. Unfortunately, he couldn't be with us today. Um, So we do have his question later on in the podcast, um, just so everyone understands when we start mentioning his name. (laughs) Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, a Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now that we've established context around each of you, we can move on to the topic in focus. We all have a question around unlocking the secrets to mentoring and developing that diverse talent within a dynamic organization. And as usual, we'll work our way around the room to pose questions and the reasons behind it, and you'll each have an opportunity to take give your take on the situation. In preparation for this podcast, uh, in our meeting, um, we we decided to to the first question would be posed to everyone, um, and it was a big focus and, and very inspired by one of Ollie's questions. It's how does your organisation define talent within the context of a diverse background, cultures, and age groups, and how does this tal- uh, definition, should I say, influence your talent development strategies? I'm going to come to you first on this one for your thoughts and then we'll, we'll pass it around the room. Yeah. So uh, the first question, in fact, to myself is, what is a talent? How, how ca- can you spot a talent? I would say uh, something from, let's say, the real life, which is not IT. When I was young, I knew the Danish champ in the classical guitar and he was good. He had a little brother who played guitar. He could he could just take it. And uh, the Danish team said, my little brother has the talent. I don't. I know because I've learned it, but he could do whatever he wanted with a guitar. And spotting this kind in the, in the IT world is a little di- difficult for me because uh, I think for all, because all can have heavy skills in something, but it's not the same as having the talent. Having the talent is having the uh, being enabled to just learn it quickly. And it's my definition of a talent. I know it's different from, from, from place to place. And I don't know you. What do you think uh, a talent is? How do you define a talent? I know you have answered some questions, but what is it really? So it's a, it's a question for you. Yes. So, uh, for me, it's 
I, I have to say, like, in if I want to put it in our organization, a talent for us uh, is basically a combination of the skills and, and abilities and, and qualities uh, that individuals possess. Like, uh, we cannot really say that talent is only a, a skill, like someone is really good at the guitar or someone is, uh, is really good at programming a code or something, so they are talented. To, to me, uh, personally, I totally agree with you that if we want to say someone is talented, it means that that person has a combination of, of all the skills that they know and abilities and qualities. They are able to communicate. They are able to actually pass away that talent to someone else. And in, in the IT world, to me, that person is a talented person. Yeah. Then I have some points uh, when we are talking about how should we make talents better in uh, in an organization. And uh, then I'm often going back to the organization saying, what is it? Is it a free place? Is it a psychological safety? Is it fearless? Have you back pressure up in your company? So it's a lot of being free. And I see talents should have a freedom to move in an organization and not to be fixed in a role. So... Uh, so it's it's about freedom. It's also about their motivation because talents are more motivated if they are free to act and not being uh, stuck into some role. I also talk about something I um, uh, has named associative thinking. It's it's a, it's a technique how to let your brain work faster. And also, in fact, increasing their problem-solving skills. Uh, it, it's quite a, it's something I've worked with, in fact, uh, for uh, 34 years. So, uh, so it's, it's uh, some of those things I see as being important for, uh, for, in fact, what you would call it, to let the talent grow in your company and also the strategy of how doing it. So uh, it's not just skills, it's just not, not hard skills, but as well soft skills they need to be able to uh, have focus on in their job. And uh, it's more or less uh, the basis for my, my question I provided you with. So do I have something about that or some comments? First of all, it's... Uh... I'm. I'm really. Uh, I really appreciate this opportunity that I'm having this conversation with you because you have a lot of experience, and I, it gives me a lot of different perspectives about uh, talents. And uh, but uh, what I can say about talent in in our organization is that uh, what we believe here is that one's talent is not really uh, determined by by their background or culture or age. It's uh, it's more about their their passion and uh, how how eager they are to learn new things or or how eager they are to uh, they are to say like uh, if if they want to get aligned with others if they want to learn new skills and everything uh, so our approach to talent development in our company is to identify the specific talents required that we require uh, to achieve our our goals and objectives in the company. And we usually prioritize like transparency and strategy in this process, being in this process. Uh, when 
when we clearly define the talents that we need, uh, we actually gain a precise understanding of our talent landscape. And uh, and this approach helps us align on on, on hiring and uh, like hiring a force that we have with our strategic objectives. Um, I have to say this, sometimes it makes us inflexible because when we set all these talents and all these uh, limits for ourselves, then we have to find the specific people that they they actually meet our requirements. Uh, sometimes it's impossible to find them. So we had to also think about like uh, how we can be more flexible. So we started to prioritize like, uh, yeah, uh, yes, specific talents are needed, but we also need to find out like, do that, those people that we want to hire, do, are they are they willing to learn new things? Then then we can we can just hire them, and then we can we can talk about it. We can we can give them new talents actually. So I I believe like talent is not something that you are born with, but talent is something that you actually can learn. And maybe for me it takes so much time to uh, to learn something but maybe for someone else it takes like two seconds to learn that but that doesn't mean that i am not talented uh that's what i think and uh, what do you think Ola? it's uh, do you think this is i i can agree upon most but uh, i think a talent it's innate you have it inside you okay. cannot you cannot learn to be a talent you can be good you can be very good if you have a high a high IQ and you are motivated, but a talent is a talent. It's my take on a talent. And but I know now currently we are talking always about talents, talents, talents. Whenever you open a website, you talk about talents, but there are not so many talents in my world as I see it. Yeah. But uh, well, I, I totally respect that, and uh, uh, it's actually well. I have to say that. Uh, and at some extent, it's actually true because it's actually the same thing that I'm saying, right? I'm saying yeah, I, 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 hear, I, uh, I learn it probably in 10 days, but you learn it probably in two seconds. So basically, you are more talented than me, right? Um, but I believe that we can always give opportunity to people to learn new things and get them talented in in a way that uh, that they want and um, we want. Yeah, or at least be very high skilled. Yes. Yeah. True. So uh, I don't know if we call my first uh, first question I had. Uh, mm, I'm talking about my PRD concept, but it's more related not to maybe not your organization bigger because it's for bigger organization because yes. it's it's a meeting place for for talents you should build within a, a, a bigger car. so. We'll drop that for now. So yeah. uh, okay. I'll jump in there, guys. I think we, we've kind of defined talent in a way. Uh, and, and whilst we've agreed on a few things, I suppose it's a bit of a diverse thinking around where it where it lies. And I think it's a good time to, to perhaps move over to, to Abdul's next question, um, where he's obviously not here today, but he's given us some context ahead of this where... He wants to know what kind of strategies do you recommend for helping people that you mentor when bounce back from career setbacks or regain confidence? Um, because people, even talented people, go through um, these experiences and what are the essential qualities uh, and skills for making a successful mentor? Kind of almost flipping it um, 
just for a second on on its head. And Hussein, I believe we're going to start with you on this one, mate. Yes, sure. It's a, it's a very interesting question because, especially in IT, it happens a lot that uh, we we meet a failure and uh, uh, somehow something fails and we really didn't expect it or something. And with with my mentees, I have experienced that a lot. That they get like, uh, uh, unfortunately, they get ashamed of the failure that they have. And, and that's something that IT mentors can come in and say, Hey, there is no shame in that. And, uh, and we can, we can, we can talk about it. We can fix it together and everything. And I think, uh, this is one of the most important areas that un- IT mentors should be ready for it, because that's something that would definitely happen in any IT project. And, uh, what I, I recommend, uh, is uh, is a couple of things and these are the things that i've already done in, in company sometimes i fail to uh, with the with the strategies that i'm going to recommend but uh, most of the times if if you're focused on on these strategies it, it usually works like the first one is that uh, we need to uh, eliminate this uh, stigma of failure it's like it's it's very cru- crucial to to create a men- mentorship environment that eliminates this uh, this stigma that is associated with uh, with failure. I usually work with my mentees to to help them to understand that failure is just a natural way of growth, and in development, failure is just very natural, and no one expects them to to build something that is never going to fail. And uh, when when I make this this atmosphere, they actually feel safe. And they can they can open up, and if they fail, instead of being just scared of sharing that failure, they actually find it like very calm and very easy to come to reach out to me and say, "Hey, I failed here. Do you think that uh, that I was wrong, or do you think our solution was wrong, or 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 something like that?" I recently experienced with one of my mentees that he he failed. In, in a very simple thing, like a firewall rule or something. And the the first thing that he said to me, he was like, I am very stupid. And the first thing that I told him, I was like, if you are very stupid, then we would have never been able to build something that we've built already. So you are not a stupid failure just happens. Don't, uh, do you think it's a, it's a right approach in, uh, Ole? Uh, it, it is it is very important to understand that failure we all do every day and uh, it's the basis for learning in fact it's failure and they and you could also say that some people say it if you don't make mistakes in your job you are making nothing because True. It, yeah uh, it is uh, it is uh, also the basis of this fearless uh, concept of uh, don't be afraid to make a mistake. We have all done. We have all done it. I've done my very big mistakes also. So uh, yes, and uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm glad that you agree with that. I think after like making this environment, the most important thing to me is to to be able to understand the emotions that that these mentees have because uh, we tend to forget that the mentees are not just the repository of the skills. And they are actually humans, and they have, they have fears. They have, uh, they get angry. They they have different feelings, like every normal human. And 
what I always try to remember is that whenever a failure happens, I make sure that I actually can empathize with that mentee. And I can understand like, yes, yes, you have a fear. I see it, but I can, I can help you to, to cope with that fear. And this is, this is very important and it's not easy to get there. And I think I, if IT mentors want to be able to emotionally support their mentees, the first requirement to that is, is actually to understand themselves. Like if I'm clear with my own fears and my own struggles and everything, then I'm going to be able to help people who meet fears in different situations. Don't you think so? Exactly. It's, uh, and what you are talking about is, in, in fact, the empathy for, for the mentee. And you cannot have it if you don't know yourself. So, exactly. Yeah. So yes. it's, uh, it's, it's very important. It's also important when some make a failure, when the, 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 the person, again, is, is uh, what you would call it, dressed up, he can share the mistake with others, explaining how he made it. Because sometimes mistakes are repeated if they are not uh, uh, shared. So everyone in a group can understand the the risk of uh, making something. Yes, that's a, that's a very good idea, actually. Yes. And uh, I can add to this that uh, after I go through this, eliminating this stigma of fear and trying to emotionally support my mentees at the end the last uh, strategy that i have is to to get them to understand okay we had a failure and of course it's a business and this failure is going to affect something uh but can we do like a professional development on that can we try to technically figure out what this problem was how we failed and everything so in this way i i also get them to understand Yes, it's fine that we failed, but it's not fine if we don't find a solution for it, that not to fail again. One failure or two failure or whatever failure, is it's okay. But if we don't learn from it, that's not okay. We, we need to learn from it. But no pressure. We need to f- learn from it together. And I try to get them to understand that this failure is not, it's not because of you, because we built something as a team and a failure is for a team. It's not for one individual. And, and then we try to learn together how to fix this problem and how to not meet this exact failure again. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now we have talked about uh, sharing failures, uh, how to build up person when they make failures. The same is true when they have uh, succeeded something. It should also be shared and it should be celebrated. So, exactly. Uh, it's the other way around, but we, we hardly talk about it because it's it's just so. It's more about the it's more about budget, you know. I don't have yeah. money to buy champagne all the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, but, but, but not necessary uh, champagne. It's good uh, just applauding or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just joking. But yeah, I, I think it's that. actually it's a it's a very good idea. We we try to to uh, kind of celebrate our achievements, uh, even the small ones. If we manage to do something, we try to uh, to celebrate that. But sometimes we tend to forget. And I totally agree with you that uh, failure is bolder than, than uh, success. And this is something for IT mentors to know that they need to be equal 
if they fail and then if there is a uh, there is a consequence to that failure when they when they achieve something there has to be a consequence to that as well yeah exactly excellent guys so it sounds like we answered abdul's question very well we've learned a lot some great quotes in there as well and i think it's a nice segue over to hussein's next question which is looking at when working in with it and development teams collaboration and innovation is key how do you encourage your mentees to share knowledge and the idea with each other fostering a continue uh, learning culture Hussein, I'll come to you for some context and then we'll pass it over to, to Ole. Knowing that Ole was going to be in this podcast, I actually asked this question to learn from him because uh, it's uh, it's very difficult, actually. It, it sounds like a very easy question, but it's very difficult to, to find out how you keep this continuous uh, learning culture in, in your mentees because uh, uh, we tend to get busy with different projects and everything and you don't even have time sometimes to talk to your mentees and uh, and it's very important for me to to hear from uh, from an experienced person like oh how how we can do that how we can make sure that our mentees are always updated yeah how can you do that because you know most people are changing job every few years so uh, it's a and what you are talking about is not just the learning curve. It's also how can you maintain your people, exactly. and uh, and that's difficult because uh, you are also going to a, a we haven't talked about it or writing about it, a, a things like contribution in salary because uh, if you have an employee or a mentee who can see he can just walk over the street to to get twenty percent more for making something maybe even fun, funnier then you have to be able to to make differences in salary for people at the same age with more or less the same cv if you see it but it's very very hard because uh, uh, my experience uh, and this is quite old it, it is uh, not 40 years ago and 30 years ago uh, people at the, a certain company Every time, every year, the salary for each one was shared on a big screen where everyone could see what was the salary of this person, how much was the increase. So you shouldn't have the people talking uh, around in the organization without being uh, telling it to the manager or so on, what's going on and why is this getting. So it's, it's quite important. The money is also important in life. What, so, what I see that you're talking about here is actually transparency, right? And uh, exactly. having transparency between between colleagues. Yeah. Very, very difficult because uh, when you get into organizations, it's actually, you know, Ole, it's very difficult to be that transparent. And these are the challenges that I'm actually facing. Exactly. But I agree with you. If there was like fully transparent environment that the colleagues would know about each other, they would actually encourage each other, and then I don't know. For example, if I if I got a like high raise for a year, and then someone would ask me, "Hey, what did you do?" Because I'm I'm also trying to do the same, but I'm not getting any raise or anything. And then people would start to encourage each other, like, "Hey, if you do this, then then probably you're gonna get a raise or something like that." Yeah, no, no, not 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 just finding a a, a higher salary, but 
but you have yeah. to reward reward people uh, properly. Yes, so uh, true. And um, it is also about uh, it's a little about freedom. How people are, it can be ta- not just talents, but people should have a freedom to expand their knowledge if they can see something in your organization which really interests them. Because if people are really interested or motivated for something, they should have a chance for moving around in your organization or the task. I don't know what you are doing, so I cannot be concrete in that, but I guess you know what I mean. Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, I think I I got a good picture of uh, what I'm supposed to do. And uh, yes, of course, I've I've been trying to do that. But as, as I said, you meet some challenges that you don't expect. And especially when it comes to organizations, like hierarchy organizations, then then it gets more difficult to be actually transparent with your uh, with your mentees. Uh, but I do agree that we have to do our best to make a transparent environment for for our mentees. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Same. Before we move on to the next question, what is your uh, I suppose approach that's been to that so far? To suppose to, to your own question. So, so. Not not just only being focused on, uh, as also Ola said, not just to be focused on salary. The salary is just an example. But uh, usually for me, it's more like when I see one mentee is meeting a challenge, I try to get them to share that challenge with the others. And I try to get them to work with each other instead of just working with me. So instead of me being the point that everyone is going to, I try to make it like a more a conversation or discussion panel or something that they can sit together and work with each other. It gets a bit challenging because people are different and uh, some of, some of them, they are introverted. Some of them, they are extroverted. So basically if I make a mistake and put two introverted together, then nothing happens there. So this is where IT mentor, the mentors they come in and then they have to play the role here to figure out like how what kind of person this uh, this person is are they introverted are they extroverted and if they are if they are supposed to work with each other we make the combination somehow that they just start to share uh, their knowledge with each other and then 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 they continue to learn i actually had uh, uh, had an experience like recently that uh, well i have uh, i have an introverted person in my team and uh, i hired a software architect who is supposed to work with these people and that person is also introverted so sometimes it gets very challenging because the software architect is supposed to tell this developer like you go ahead you do this and uh, and they have difficulty to reach out to each other. So this is where I get in and I'm just like, hey guys, I'm gonna set a meeting. We're gonna talk about this and this and this. And then I have, I I make myself to get information out of the software architect and give that information to the developer and then all the get the return uh, or replying back from the developer and translate it to the, for, for the software architect. It is, it is a bit, uh, could be exhausting sometimes for me as the IT mentor, but at the end of the day, you want your team to work with each other. And at the end of the day, you believe in yourself that you hired some talented people that who are working for you. So instead of like just cutting 
something and say, okay, this is not going to work out anymore. I always encourage IT mentors to um, to get the be- best out of the, the team that they have. Yeah. And uh, that's, in fact, also the difference between people. We are talking about ages. We are talking about culture. But what you also have your psychological profiles. Exactly. And, and in fact, uh, often as very skilled introverted says things in few words, and he expects yeah. people to understand him. True. Uh, and uh, you could also go the other way around. You are very extroverted are using too many words to explain something. So, which is over so, so, something. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> if you can put them together and then let the and uh, introverted extroverted work together, then you have a a finer combination about uh, knowledge sharing across your organization. I think. Yes, I I totally agree with that. So I hope I answered your question, Sam. Yeah, you definitely did. I uh, just wanted to to get your thoughts on, I suppose, what you post uh, to Oli. Um. I suppose the final question now we're moving on to is, is Ola's and um, there are a couple of questions within a question here so uh, bear with us as we make our way through them. He wants to know how do you ensure that individuals from diverse backgrounds, cultures, age groups are given equal opportunity for mentorship and growth within the organisation and I suppose on the back of that what strategies have proven affected in this regard? They also may, how do you address potential biases or barriers that may exist in mentoring and developing diverse talents? So, Ole, over to you for, I think that's a three-in-one question there. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, first, first step is fact, I think, talk English, because if you're talking about other cultures, they cannot talk Danish when you're in Denmark. And the... And just an example one is that uh, I know someone from South Africa started in Copenhagen last year, and it was fine because they talked English. But when they are going out for a dinner, everyone suddenly talked Danish, and he felt alone. So it's something we have to avoid uh, switching over to a language where other feel maybe a little unwelcome. It's just a little example of uh, something going into that. Um, what more? You have also, in your company, you have also a lot of uh, different people from around the world. That's, I guess. Uh, it, it's actually like we, we are multinationals here. Like uh, we have people from, I'm from Iran and I moved yeah, to Denmark four years ago. And uh, yeah. I have we have people here from Switzerland, from uh, from Argentina, from the U.S., and uh, there are so many different nationalities here. And I think Denmark is actually uh, a place that many different people with with many different nationalities they actually they are willing to come to Denmark. And uh, I think it's a learning process. But I can add to what to your example that myself when I moved here, my problem was not actually. Danish. My problem was English, that I couldn't really speak English at the time that I moved here. But when I found a job and I I had to go through this language barrier, and that's that's very difficult. As a person yeah. who has been there, uh, I think it's it's very difficult to be to 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 be in in the in the communities when you don't know the language. So I think this is actually a personal skill that everyone should learn like uh, that everyone has a second language and we need we need to cope with that and uh, 
uh, I, uh, I, I think actually the, the Danes that we have here, they are super nice. They are really nice and they kind of force themselves to even speak English with each other. And, uh, I think, uh, I think it, it, it's, it's a very legit point that you made that, uh, people start to feel alone when, when they don't feel, uh, when they don't know the language. Yeah. It was a language. Then you also have the ages. Um, I, I'm often talking about Maslow, the pyramid, because, uh, people in the elder states as I am, talk a different language. So the younger people, we have different needs in what we do, how we do. We do it differently. Sometimes the the, the older one, uh, when new stuff are coming in, he could maybe be slower, but he is often faster learning because, uh, because he has a background. The need of, it's also the social need in a company the elder person does not need the same uh, uh, person of uh, 55, which is not my age, and one of uh, 25. They have different needs in the sociality in, in your company. So um, I don't know. I think your age group is more or less quite young on working with... Uh, with that's, uh, uh, th- that's very interesting because like trying to find like a balance in there is very hard. It's very hard because sometimes... People with different ages, as you said, they have different needs. Like for a person like me in this age, I don't mind to have Friday bar every week, and yeah. uh, and I don't mind to stay in the office with my uh, with my colleagues until like I don't know midnight or something uh, on, on a Friday. But uh, when when you get older, well, of course you you'd rather to be home or you'd rather to to hang out with uh, some people who are in the same age and everything. But I think as an IT maker, I feel responsible here to find some kind of activities that everyone can join. Of course, not everyone can always join everything, but uh, we can somehow find a balance like, okay, this time we do Friday, but next time we do something that actually everyone can, can enjoy and be together. Yeah. Do I have something more, Sam? Always. Always have more. <laughs> no, I suppose we've we've addressed there some of the potential biases or barriers that exist in the mentoring and developing talents. Um, but I suppose equal opportunities across perhaps some of the strategies that have been implemented for you guys to um, to provide you know other individuals to mentor, not just as a mentor yourself, but to provide the the mentor program for for other people within your organizations. I suppose. That go Same, yeah. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, what I think, or what I actually uh, I try to do is that again, for me, the most important thing is to understand people, to understand their needs, and trying to figure out the balance for them. And for that, what I do, I always set up like a regular one-on-one meetings with them to make sure that they are meeting their needs, to make sure if they are happy with their job, to make sure that they are, if they are developing as the way that they want. And then sometimes I also do like uh, uh, training for training for IT mentors is very important. And I do that myself. Like I am taking like therapy sessions every week, once a week. 
just to make sure that I know myself, I know my uh, my way of communication and everything. Because if you know yourself very well, then you can communicate with people like easier. And the the reason that I take this uh, therapy sessions is actually focused on how can I communicate better with the others. And and of course the therapy uh, the therapist is usually taking me back to myself and trying to tell me like how I should be and. What are my triggers? How I get angry? How I get? Uh, how I get? How I feel like fear and and all these kind of uh, feelings. And when I know these feelings in me, and when I'm sitting in a meeting with my mentors and I get triggered by someone, then it's not going to be destructive. It's actually going to be like uh, constructive, and we can we can talk to each other. We can make points, and then we can move forward. And. Uh, as, as we also mentioned before, I think what the, the last important thing is that the mentors, the IT mentors, they they need to assure that they uh, they praise their mentees in the right time. Because when they succeed in, in a project, and then if you forget to, to praise them, uh, that mentee is going to go home with a feeling that they were not seen. And uh, it was just something that they were supposed to do, and no one is gonna, no one is gonna actually appreciate them. As Olde also mentioned, even it's just like a tap on the shoulder, "Hey, my friend, you did a good job," yeah. and that would make them their day, I think. Yeah. Then I have a question uh, to you, in fact, because uh, have you considered now you have a one-to-one meeting, which are quite important. Have you ever considered to open it up for a one-to-two meeting? Uh, what I mean, what I mean is, when a, when a person is very safe with you, can he yes. also be safe at the same time with a colleague? This is this is very interesting because I have never thought about it. Like one-to-two meetings. What I thought was that what I do also is that usually I have a meeting for the whole team, and because I feel like in in the team meetings they are not going to feel like. Uh, um they might not feel safe and then i started to have one on one meeting with them but one on one one on two meetings that's actually a very interesting uh, idea i've never thought about it before no because i think it's very good because you have a one to one then you have a team meeting but if you have a bigger team and some are introverted they don't say yes. hardly anything if not they are not asked but if you have a, a, a one to two meeting where you have two Maybe an introverted and extroverted, then you 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 have a, another share of what people in fact are thinking, how they are feeling, and uh, it's just uh, yeah. you just added uh, you just added a new meeting to my calendar, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> okay, try it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that, guys, and. Um, I wanted to try something uh, that we, we've done on one of the other podcasts that I've been a part of, and it's uh, where we describe, I suppose, what we've learned today and, and, and to the, the audience. When you're being a mentor, if you could say in one word what the most important thing is to you when you think about or the most important skill uh, of being a mentor, what it is, um, I'm going to hand it over to you guys. So I suppose Hussein will follow the same order. We'll go to you first and then Ola. Yes, as, as I also emphasized on uh, on my talk today, I would say an IT mentor is a person who can actually empathize with the mentees and who can understand them and don't look at them as a as a repository of skills, but a human that has a lot of feelings and emotions. Yeah, 
I totally agree. It's empathy. There we are. We've agreed on a word. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, guys, we'll leave it there for today. This has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank Hussein, to thank Ola for providing both their insights and their incredible questions into this topic. And uh, also, side note for, for Abdul and his, his more question midway through. And of course, thank you guys for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. If you would like to get involved with one of our upcoming podcasts, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email at sam.williamson at evolution-nordics.com. Of course, if you want to hear further from Hussein and Ole, when we do our promotion for the podcast, they will be attached to, to the LinkedIn page. So please reach out to them if you have any further questions and we'll all eagerly await seeing Ola's book. I think you said 2024 to me the other day. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, for now, see you next time. Thank you.